Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Yeah, I once got to kiss Linnea Quigley on screen. I got a question. We got an answer. Well, is is Red Snapper a fish or a turtle? It's a vegetable. Is it? I didn't know that. First I thought it was a turtle, then a fish. Finally, it's a vegetable. Yes, yes, it's a very nice vegetable. Got to eat it fresh. Oh, wow. oh, yes. To the bottom of the ocean, though, you got to go diving, and you got to oh. grab it with your hands, and then you come. Oh home. well. <laughs> you got to be careful because these. There was a man back in '95 whose heart ran out of summers, but before he died, I asked him, "Wait." Come over me, come over me He said, son, why you gotta sing that tune? Catch a Dylan song or some eclipse of the moon Let an angel swing and make you swoon Then you will see, you will see Then he said, here's a
The batter swings and the summer flies As I look into my angel's eyes A song plays on while the moon is high Over me, something comes over me I guess we're big and I guess we're small If you think about it, man, you know we got it all Cause we're all we got on this bouncing ball And I love you John's in our prayers so much. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. We, we, we got already a lot of people here. Uh, let's do a roll call. We have William Brower. Yep. We have uh, Tom Sawyer. Right here. And we do have uh, John Link best friend in the whole wide world, even though it looks like they fight on social media all the time, Mr. Edward X. Young. Yeah, I've known John since, wow, like 1994. And, uh, wow. Wow. Like he's not just a friend. He's probably outside of family. He's the, the friend I've known the longest. And also, you know, he's the second half of my our comedy team, you know? I mean, uh, uh one critic once uh, referred to us as the Alan and Rossi of Grindhouse Horror Films, which I think is a pretty accurate description. John Link being in the role of Marty Allen and me being more of the Steve Rossi straight man type. <laughs> if anybody remembers Alan and Rossi, they were great. <laughs> Your brother from another mother. That's mm-hmm. the, the 50s and 60s. Into the 70s. I mean, you know, Marty Allen just just died recently. He was almost, a, he was like 96, 97 years old. He was still doing stand-up to within like two weeks of his death. I mean, uh, I was hoping, uh, let's hope, I mean, John Link will bounce back and still be doing his routines. I most definitely hope so. Yeah. Uh, we also have Brett. Brett, can you, can you talk yet? Okay, Brett, Brett will be. Was he stuck on mute uh, Brett, or something? Uh, no, I think he's uh, setting up his equipment. So oh, yeah, okay. Brett, Brett will Brett will definitely be here. He he he's definitely going to be here. And uh, we're going to have callers throughout the night. I know that. Um, let me let me just say, <laughs> when oh, I had, uh, oh, there's. Uh, 
You also when, have Tina when, on the phone, too. Oh, yeah, Tina. Oh, Tina yeah, Ramos. Tina. Yep, here I am. And now we just picked up on J.L. Patello, and this, this, I'm glad that J.L. called in because J.L., when we started Francie and Friends, uh, J.L., he was the sponsor of the show, and we had a lot of fun together, and <laughs> it was 12 years ago when another friend of ours, Edward, you know who I'm talking about, we'll just say John, uh, messaged me, and I said, I got you the perfect guest. I got you the perfect guest, but you got to make fun of this guy. He wanted it to be a joke. But after talking with John Link for just a few minutes, I was like, oh, hell no, I love this guy. You remember that, J.L.? John Link was a, oh, our, yeah. one of our... Yeah, and we were with uh, Matt Siegel, too. Wasn't that the first show with Matt Siegel from, uh, yeah. uh, from Hell's Kitchen? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Maddie was the co-host of that, and... <laughs> Matt, uh, he talked about how uh, John Link talked about how he was drowning in one of his scenes, and he would not yell "cut" because he wanted the scene to be perfect. And they were said, "John, you're drowning. What the hell's wrong with you, man? You should have yelled cut." And he says, "I, I would have ruined the scene." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I remember uh, talking to Matt Siegel after the uh, show. You know, him and I talked over the phone, and he said to me that he thought it was a joke that we that uh, that it was a fake person calling in that we were playing a joke on him. <laughs> oh, because John was just he, he was so animated. He's so yeah, he's so unique and animated. He thought we were playing a joke on him. That that it was this was this wasn't a real person. So if you li- go back and listen to the uh, interview, you actually hear Maddie Siegel being a little sarcastic to John, you know, thinking that he's being put on and this is all a joke. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Yeah, and and in fact they actually developed a really good friendship. Yep, they sure did. They sure did. <laughs> yeah, I heard that opening oh. segment, you know I heard that opening segment and you realize to this day John Link probably still believes that a red snapper is a vegetable. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play that full scene earlier, uh a little bit later. Um I I want I wanna play that. There's a lot more to that with the we call it the five years of John Link antics. In fact, uh, the guy who was telling him about the snapper was another Hell's Kitchen contestant, which was Giovanni from the next season from Maddie at season four. <laughs> I loved his, I loved his, oh, I thought it was a turtle. <laughs> yes, it is. His innocence with everything is, I, I believe that that's what got people to love him the most. And he, he's he been, and JL, I will tell you this. Um, John, we, we tried to do a couple of shows 
John wanted to get his show started back up, and I made him a whole new Block Talk Radio show page. And I guess he, I, Edward, you know the story. Um, I guess he fell yeah. the first show. In fact, Brett was on there with you that show. And I, I believe we lost Brett, but I think he's he'll he'll be back. Oh, okay, he's back. I I am back. Can yeah, you hear and, me now? Yes, we okay, can hear yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Brett helped out with that show, and it, and then we found out that John had fallen and he couldn't reach his phone to call well, in. That's, that's, that's this is tragic. Uh, you know, here's John Link, who uh, everybody who knows John Link, he's a, a veteran of uh, even he lost count. I mean, well over a hundred grindhouse horror movies. We we acted in, in at least twenty five or twenty six. I, I, I tend to forget when you do that many. But here's John, a bona fide underground movie star, like uh, the modern equivalent of, of one of like Andy Warhol superstars. And in fact. Uh, John did work with one of Andy Warhol's superstars on, on the movie I wrote and directed and starred in Two Guys in One Box. Uh, but uh, but John, uh, John, <laughs> John, <laughs> it's a great movie. John was uh, John was apparently getting ill already and in danger, uh, and, and not telling anybody he needed help a few months ago. I mean, uh, you know, John had John suffered a stroke. Uh, I know the exact date. He suffered a stroke on August 9th of 2018. And, uh, and he was supposed to be, in a, he was, he was in a rehab center for about 90 days. He was left paralyzed on the right side of his body, but he was making some genuine progress and, and coming back. So when the whole COVID thing started, that's what's really sad is that as as handicapped as John was, he was improving because he would drag his ass out to a horror movie convention or a rock and roll show or, or like an anarchist gathering in Tompkins Square Park of New York or, or any barbecue or dinner that you would invite him to. He'd make it there, but it was, was it's true. He wouldn't turn down a free meal. But, uh, but unfortunately, with the, he, he, with, with the COVID lockdown, uh, he was left he was left just stuck at home at the mercy of his brother, who completely neglected him and and and, and stopped taking him to his rehab, and his muscles atrophied. So I mean, sadly, we had a show all planned a couple of months ago with Francie. Back it was still during the summer. It was in August. Uh, it was definitely in August because I remember. I was still at the uh, at Point Pleasant on the on their boardwalk. It was still open and full bloom. But it, what's so sad is that John didn't show up for his own show, and we discovered I discovered a few days later. I was worried about it. He wasn't answering the phone. I discovered that he had he had fallen, literally fallen, and couldn't get up, and was stuck Aww. lying on his back. And his brother didn't come. wasn't didn't come home for like he was gone for several days. I mean, John spent well over 24 hours. I think closer to 48 hours, just lying on his back on the floor. Oh. Uh, it's terrible. Oh. And of course, this Damn, that's contributed just contributed to his gradual deterioration of his health, which has put him in. New, he's in Newark. He's in University Hospital in Newark right now in ICU, and he's been that way for the past uh, 12 days. It's uh. 
that doesn't look good. But I mean, his his health has been deteriorating. It's very sad. But yeah, we we had a show planned, but uh, we didn't realize he was in a desperate situation. And uh, if Edward, if I'd known I... that in advance, yep. Edward, can I ask you uh, when you saw him last in the hospital? How long ago was that? And how responsive was he to inputs to stimulus? Uh, well, I, I saw him last night, uh, and it was not good. I saw last time I saw him was less was about about 24 hours ago because I stayed at the hospital until 11 p.m. Uh, New, uh, Eastern time. Right now it's shortly after 11 Eastern time, and it was not good. It was it was terrible. Uh, I mean, John was uh, rushed to the hospital on Sunday, October 10th, and, and he was. Uh, in a desperate situation then with, with severe double pneumonia. But, but since then, uh, because of the neglect he's been de- dealing with, he's got a lot of bed sores. The, be- the bed sores have become badly infected and, and he's got a, uh, he's well, gone septic and he's gone septic. Oh, yeah. well, uh, what is terrible is Monday, Monday, two days ago, or three days ago, Monday, he opened his eyes for the first time in a week in eight days or nine days. And uh, and he was wasn't able to move, but his eyes were clearly lucid. And he was looking at me, and I was talking to him. And I put the TV on. I, I put on the, the Cartoon Network. But uh, but they told me that uh, that yesterday that uh, he 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 was on the verge of cardiac arrest. They he almost died yesterday. And and when I saw oh, that was two days ago. But when I was there yesterday, uh, he was in a, a total deep coma. He was completely unresponsive. Hmm. And had all kinds of tubes in him and all kinds of machines attached to him. So uh, yeah, and one thing, one thing that I really appreciate, Edward, is you you called us and you let us. Uh, oh, I I knew I was gonna have a hard time with this show because I I love the little guy. Um, you called us I mean, and you. You let us. You put the phone up to his ear, and you let us talk to him. So he's. Uh, I. I knew. I was. Well, Monday. I was putting some people on the phone when I because I visited him Monday, and I visited him Wednesday, which was yesterday. And, and like I said, Monday he couldn't talk. But then again, he's intubated. They're. 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 I mean, he's got the d- double pneumonia. They're draining his lungs and giving him oxygen at the same time. And they told me. He would not be able to speak. At, it's impossible to speak if you're intubated because the yeah. tubes go past your vocal cords. Uh, but but he was alert and he was responding to voices. I was hoping I could have got a hold of you on Monday because you 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 especially for us you have a very distinct voice which is instantly recognizable. And, and I was hoping that you would recognize your voice. For sure, uh, man. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They say people in comas can hear, and not only do they say that, I yeah. know it for a fact, because uh, uh, I've I've dealt with people who have been in comas. I'm old enough to have been through that. A lot of friends or relatives like passing on, but uh, people who recover from comas, no report like I heard everything you were saying. Maybe they look like they're not there; they're already gone. But they come to, and and they can recall the conversations they overheard. So. I did have you up against John's ear last night. Maybe that was a more critical time because he was. They really said that it was touch. Yesterday they said it was touch and go. 
and they were that's why I stayed extra late. They they weren't sure if he was gonna make it through the night. He did. He did make it through the night and a few hours ago when I called they said, Well he's extremely critical but stabilized that uh and but he's totally non responsive. So that's uh, that's very disturbing. I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt here in the conversation, but when we we look at the situation, you were there with him in the hospital and we are doing this show to hopefully maybe have him hear us. Um how do you feel about what we're doing now? And I know it's pretty dire. Well, I, th- well, I think it's gr- I think it's great. I mean, first of all, I I, I mean, like John is a bit of a claims to be an atheistic skeptic of everything, but I truly believe there's a a lot of power in prayer and group love. There's a lot of vibes if you want to go back to the hippie era and call it that. But but uh, you know the fact that it, I mean, look, he really valued his blog talk radio show, which I think ran for five or six years. I forget the exact duration yeah. of time. And he often yeah. enjoyed Francie's show too. And, uh, uh, I mean, I will, when I go back there, I'll play the archived show for him and hold it to his ear. He will hear this. So I'll, I, I'll probably be back there Sunday. I'm, I'm really busy the next two nights. Uh, it's, it's Halloween and, you know, I work in horror films and, there are conventions and appearances, and uh, it's a very it's a very occupied time for me. But uh, but I will ha- I think I will have time to visit him Sunday night, and if it's archived, then I'll, I'll hold the phone to his ear and let him listen to the show. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's why we decided to do this. And everybody that's here right now, this is completely last minute. Uh, when Edward was leaving. From the hospital, we we talked on the way, and we decided let's do it. You know, he doesn't have much time. Hopefully, he has more time than we think. So let's let's do it. And then the next person I called was you, JL. Right. And I I I thought it was I thought it was important. Definitely. And this is uh, one thing I wanted to touch on is. My last conversation with John Link that over the phone was, I want to do the show. We gotta get the show back on. And I said, Yes, John, I'm here for you. I'll I'll help you with the show. I'll I'll run your switch for you. Okay. And he goes, I want to talk to J. L. Patello. I want J. It, it was I I didn't suggest it. He said. I want to speak to J.L. Patello. So, J.L., you know, John's going to hear this show, and I think I think J.L. would, I, I think it would be nice if uh, John Link heard your voice and, and maybe give him a special message. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I want him to get better because so we can do that show because that would be awesome to do a show with him. You know, I you know it's been a while since uh, him and I did some really serious blog talk radio stuff, and uh, it would be great. So get well, John, and let's do that show. So I'll be I'll be a hundred percent on board when you do. So I'm here, man. Yeah, in fact, you you did say yes. I'll do the show. When is it? And I said, I said, 
I, I, uh, John said this Friday, but then there was conventions and everything, and, you know, so that had to be postponed a little bit, but, you know, yeah, I, I, I thought that was really cool of all the people that he could have, he said, I want JL on the show. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> He, well, he, he, he always enjoyed, I mean, like, look, it was a big, really, seriously, it was, you don't know what a, a big part of his life it was, the John Link show, Francie and Friends, and Possum Hour, all those shows meant a lot to him, and, uh, oh, yeah. and like I said, it, it gave him uh, it gave him a place to be on those particular nights of the week with, with the regularity, Let, let's face it. John acts in a lot of these movies, but you know anybody who's listening, if they if they don't know exactly who we're talking about, I mean, John Link is. Uh, I mean, I remember this is kind of funny because we know he's short, and, and I used to ask him how tall he was because we, we we would get to, he insisted he was five foot three, and I said no 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 because uh, I said my. Uh, I said my, my 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 first wife was five foot three. You're not five foot three. And I acted in so many films. I said, and then he looks like Charles Manson. Anybody doesn't realize this, John Lake yeah. looks like Charles That's Manson. True. Uh, but he, but he sounds like a muppet, you know, on acid or something. <laughs> but but, uh, but I put him against the wall. He's only four. He's only four foot ten. And I, I said, wow. and he tried oh, wow. to stand against the wall to. He tried to stand against the wall with his shoes on. I said, no, no, no. I, I said, I'm, I'm tired of this debate about you saying you're much taller than I know you are. And take off your shoes. And I said, now you stand against the wall. I drew the line like a little kid. And I measured it. I said, you are only four foot ten inches tall. He was like, I must have oh shrunk. <laughs> hey, hey, Edward. Edward. Yeah. Uh, it's Nick. And hi, John, yes. when you're listening. Um, um, but uh, uh, to comment on that, too, I always thought that he looked like Charles Manson, but I always thought to myself all these years that he looked like a crossbreed between Charles Manson and Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> hair just with the black hair. Just imagine Animal with black hair. That is a more, that is a more accurate description. I, actually, I used to say he looks like Charles Manson, if you if you washed Manson in hot water and then left him in the dryer too long. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, um we may have Ron Fitzgerald calling in. Uh, uh let me see, let me see. Here. Yeah. I talked to him uh, earlier. He, he hasn't called in yet. He's, um, he's, we do have uh, Sammy Greenhouse on the phone, and you wanted to call in, and you wanted to send some well wishes to John. And yeah. uh, by the way, Sammy, your birthday is in 34 minutes. So we uh-huh. here at Francie and Friends wanted to say happy birthday. 34 <laughs> minutes? Thirty-four. Okay. You're you're East Coast, right? Okay. In thirty-four uh, minutes, we leave midnight here in the East Coast. It's thirty-four. Yeah. Minutes. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
we we, yeah. we wanted to say happy birthday. Me, William, Sounds and Tom, good. we recorded that. We recorded that about ten minutes ago. This is nice. <laughs> Let us help and pray the, the, the Saturday the Saturday after Halloween, uh, six days after Halloween, November 6th, will be John Link's birthday. And hopefully, let's, let's just hope and pray that uh, he'll all be, he'll be like conscious and, and, and talkative by then. We'll know. Well, that would be a good prayer. That. That's a good birthday Agreed. wish. That that we were would be perfect. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit one of, one of the things I always liked about John was he's got one of the most infectious laughs ever. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> and I, I I'm, we're we're hoping that Sue F and Dent will call in tonight. Well, you know, if I feel guilty. I forgot to notify Tina, John Spellman. Tina, I, I, I know you wanted to call in and you wanted to uh, say something to John Link. Well, oh, my gosh. I mean, we all love John so much. And just all the years of seeing John at Chiller with Edward and and all the friends and all the family and everybody who loves him. I mean, there's there's so many prayers and I just really, John, 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 we need to see you, especially um, like Edward just said, your birthday's coming up soon too. So we all want to wish you a happy birthday so that you can smile for us. Um, we really love you. I love John. I mean, it's it's just he makes every chiller so special every time I see him. So we're praying. We're praying. Oh, and Edward, what, is so, what, what is so unfo- what is so unfortunate? Is that he's on the website and in the program? John was scheduled. Well, not was. John is scheduled to be an official guest at Kevin Clement's uh, uh, Halloween Chiller Theater uh, Expo and Convention, which is the Halloween weekend, the uh, Friday the twenty, Friday the twenty ninth through Sunday the thirty first. And, and he was really excited about that. But well, he's been a guest a few times, but he. He got some big coverage this time, and 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 Kevin was uh, hoping to treat him royally. And and the the irony is John gets this star treatment, and, and he's not there to bathe in the in the spotlight. Yeah. It's uh, we all we all were going to be at a table together. It was going to be Pete Jackalone's table, and it was going to be the cast members of uh, the movie The Killer Clown that Meets the Candyman. In, I in want which, to see uh, that movie. It's on a. Um, it's. It, I, well, I'll send Francie a link. It's. It's connected to a, uh, a, a. A streaming site called Gum Road, and you could download it and rent it, rent it or buy it. You know, that usual thing there. But that's really a an incredible movie. I'm very proud of that. Uh, we took the template. We took the template at first of um, Frankenstein meets the. The Wolfman. It was my idea. I'm not just one of the stars of it. I, I also uh, co-produced it, co-wrote it. Really dreamt up the concept. But Pete Jackalone and I took the 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 template of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and instead of instead of like monsters, like science fiction or mythological monsters, we we chose like two of the most disgusting serial killers that had ever lived 
in American history. And uh, we told, we chose uh, we decided that it was going to be John John Wayne Gacy, the killer clown, who is played by Jeremy Woodworth, who I hope can join us later. And I played Dean Coral, the Texas Candyman killer. They were operating simultaneously. We decided, a, what if they met? And then I got the idea. I said, Pete, we have to take this a step further. It isn't an homage, an homage to Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Let's make it House of Frankenstein. And I said, What do you mean? I said, Let's let's throw Dracula into the loop. He said, Who's Dracula? I said, Well, Dracula would be Charles Manson. We got to have John Link play Charles Manson. Uh, everybody's been telling him he looks like Manson for forever for the past half century and, and nobody nobody ever cast him as manson and actually john was very very excited and proud of this role and and so for the what what's ironic is he gets to play manson and sadly within within 2 months after he finished his performance is when he has his stroke uh so uh he never Hello. got to make it to the premiere but uh but he's great because it was like you know, John Link, here he is, four foot ten, looks like Manson. At the time, he's 71 years old when he's playing Manson, and he got his hair dyed jet black to cover all the gray. <laughs> and, and we had it. We had him in a motel room. We we actually hired we hired ten really hot, sexy teenage actresses to play the the hippie chick members of of the Manson family. And so that they're like all over him. They're like like, like sprinkles on an ice cream cone. They're all over him. John was in some bizarre, weird grindhouse paradise. He, he was he was very happy with that role, and it's a it has to be seen to be believed to see John Link with well John like almost in a James Bond situation where you're here you're surrounded oh. with ten like drop dead gorgeous teenage women <laughs> who, are, who are literally worshiping him. <laughs> Oh I, I, I will tell you, John Lee did love the ladies. He loved he loved his ladies. <laughs> I, I, I do want to, I do want to uh I, I do have a message uh for John Link. Um Scott Shuffle from I, I really hope I pronounced that name right. Uh, clerks one, clerks two, clerks three. Uh, he did. He's he's working with David Madison a lot. Um, he wanted me to give John Link this message. He says he's sorry he cannot call in. He's on the road right now. He said, please tell John that his acting peers and his New Jersey peeps send their love and light. So there you go, man. You got you got Scott Schiaffo on your side, John. Nice. The ch- the Chulies gum man. What a name. Don't smoke cigar don't smoke cigarettes, but chew Chulies gum and you'll be just fine. I got a, I got another couple of announcement uh announcements that people wanted me to send. Uh Christy Borch said uh, thoughts and prayers and there's a little giving their thoughts and prayers uh my aunt uh who was married to my stepfather ruth met crumpton has prairie hands along with Je- uh joseph Kozel. uh lana k johnson she said that's a soul i keep telling him 
Uh, Leon Kell is sending his love to John Link also. Uh, there, there we go. We got Scott Shea. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's messages everywhere for John Link. And I hope that John Link hears the outpours of Christ because he is loved. If I could share my personal John Leak experience, would that be fair? Yes, Brett. Yeah, go for it. I, this guy, we had conversations with him that were so out of out of the world. <laughs> John Leak was a guy that, seriously, we would have conversations with him, and it would all start out all normal and stuff. And then the next thing you know, there was some weird shit going on, like in his personal space. And I know most of it had to do with his brother, which, you know, was a very bad situation. But holy shit, the radio potential of this stuff, it it was just amazing. I mean, John Link was like a guy that I love talking to. Because everything just went all kinds of crazy, like every mm-hmm. time, all the time. It was not just – you couldn't – how do I put this? It wasn't a situation that was ever normal. <laughs> I guess it's the best it, way it, it. It's never scripted. It's never scripted with John Lee. Yeah, yeah, and, and right. it's brutally exactly. honest, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John's about – yeah, but John's a, John's a sharp John. guy, but he's like a child. He's got no censoring devices. He's incapable of right. guile or ruse. He he doesn't know how to lie. He doesn't know how to lie even when you should lie because out of politeness, you just shouldn't be brutally honest. Uh, he's he's incapable of such. The, the stories he told about himself and his family were, were you're right, they were absolutely real, and, and they were hard to believe. That, that was the whole thing about John. John Link was all about like an innocence and an honesty. A childlike innocence. I always called yeah, it a childlike innocence. Yeah, it, but, but, was very, it, it is in a lot of ways. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I that that was the thing. Okay, listen, that was the thing about John Link is he had a straightforward honesty, like. This is who I am. This is who you are. Uh, we should all embrace that type of model, honestly, and say that this is who we are. This is what we're doing. This is this is it. I mean, let's not lie to each other about who we are. John was. That's kind of like, yeah. He was. He was very innocent in his understanding of things, but he also had that understanding I think that all of us could embrace if we wanted to. Uh, he's, 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 like a, he's like a Candide figure. If if Candide were like rewritten by like, like Jerzy Kuzinski. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Nicola, 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 appreciate that literary reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, I do. 
Um, you guys, I just I just got another message. Uh, this is from Melanie Bradley. Um, we know her as Melanie Robel, but she is married now. Uh, she just sent me a message, and she said, "Tell him he has to wake up because we still oh, yeah. have not met. We are supposed to meet. I talked to him for years." I bond and determined to meet. So wake up. That's for yeah, Melanie Mel- Robo. She's she's at work Mel- right Melanie, now. And Mel- Mel- Melanie acted in a movie with John Link. Well, one of one of his big movies. It was uh, post uh, Cameron Scott's Postmortem America 2021. It's just that Me- Melanie's scenes were all shot out in like uh, Indiana and Illinois. And John's scenes were were shot in in Jersey in New York City, and and of course you know through the magic of film e- through, the, through the magic of film editing uh, they're in the same scene, uh, and yet yeah, John actually played I think I think he played Melanie's uh, I think he played Melanie's father in the movie. Oh no no it, I was Melanie's father in the movie. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot. I I was Melanie's father. And I, and I was and, and John was my like my my like sort of like my hunchback assistant. That's, that's right. The, movie, look, the, movie, the movie's about the movie's about like uh, ten years old. But yes, that was uh, that was the nature of it. But yeah, Melanie did act with John, even though they were never on the same set at the same time. Through editing, they were in the same scene. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember that, and I remember when uh, Cam got John Link to be in the movie and he's like, holy shit, I got freaking John Link and he wrote that just for John Link. <laughs> and you know, he was so excited. Yeah. He was like, man, I got so much to do with John Link. We uh, actually, the, 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 the scene, it, it's rather bizarre because uh, Cameron, uh, Ten years ago, in the summer of 2011, drove uh, like about 800 miles from uh, from uh, I think uh, from Indi- from Illinois or Indiana. I think Indiana was where he was living. He drove from Indiana to New York City to visit uh, my my late love, my late fiance Susie Palermo, who was incapacitated in a hospital in New York, a hospice in New York. I mean, she had cancer and she wasn't going to recover. But uh, Cameron drove out there and John was pretty much there every day at the hospital uh, helping me out and keeping Susie company. But but Cameron got the idea. Uh, I'd already shot some scenes in Indiana for the movie and I still had the costume with me and and he wanted to shoot additional scenes with John as my assistant. So we actually... uh, I forget how we did it. We found like a stairwell, and, and, and we shot most of our scenes on, on the roof of this hospital out in out in the Bronx. <laughs> and, uh, so we uh, we 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 did John scenes out there, and uh, it was like an Italian film. Those scenes because it was so noisy that we couldn't. It was supposed to be an apocalyptic world where like almost everybody's dead. And there's all these sounds of traffic and and just people and and, and the airport nearby, so we actually shot the whole thing silent, 
and then and then we just we were we were very rigid about our lines what they were and so we we didn't have any dubbing equipment but later back in Susie's hospital room uh John and I simply read off our lines with the same cadence they were delivered and magically they were dubbed in almost seamlessly not like a badly dubbed asian film they 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 like really worked and i was like wow this this is like a dreamy, like, you know, Chinichita, you know, Italian movie, you know. And we, so John did dub his own voice. It is, but there we were. It was bizarre. I mean, but John, John's weird world. Here we were <laughs> illegal, illegally on the rooftop of a hospital in the Bronx in New York. And I'm cloaked in red, like this red priest, mad priest attire. And, and John's wearing a black robe, you know, with his fingernails painted black. And uh, and here we are acting out this bizarre occult-like scene on the roof of a hospital, and, and Susie was able to see the footage. She just couldn't make it up to the roof of the hospital, but it was a lot of fun and weird, and just one of the weird segments of John's very strange life, which I hope continues in its strangeness. <sighs> I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, John John did not do a lot of rehab after his stroke. And uh, some people even questioned me, and they questioned me in a well-meaning way, like you're working so hard to bring John back, but but what are you bringing him back to? I mean, he still is pretty much largely paralyzed in his right side, and that's, and he. That's he, what. And now, that's what William and I, and you and I also discussed that too. And he likes to be free, free as a bird or free as a bat out of hell. And he is he it has been recommended numerous times since he had his stroke that you know you have your Medicare and your social security. You are, you know, in your seventies, you've had a stroke, debilitating stroke. You completely qualify to go into a like a, a permanent rehab facility or let us say for the, the word that used to make John the words that made John cringe, nursing home. Uh, he, he always said he'd rather die in the street than go into a nursing home. And I said, look, John, he, I, I, he was briefly in one and he got out after his stroke. I said, that was a very nice place. They fed you well and you were comfortable and you had your own room. And uh, But, I mean, he, like he always needs to be completely free, but uh, he can't be completely free anymore. But uh, I, if it's any console, I hope he wakes up and realizes Pete Jackalone, if he's listening, because he couldn't make it on the show tonight, Pete Jackalone said he would fully, certainly use John in every one of his movies. He would write it into the script that John was a mad prophet or a mad scientist or an older. He, he would use it as an excuse to go to the nursing home. Even if John was in the wheelchair, he would play a character that happened to be in a wheelchair. And, uh, and so, uh, I mean, his acting in, in horror movies will not come to an end if he survives. Pete will always use him. And I know Ted, Moore, Ted Mooring, if he's listening, uh, said that he would gladly drive out from the from Western Pennsylvania and work with John under any circumstance. So there, you know, his acting career won't come to an end. And uh, I think he was afraid of that. Yeah. You know, but- you know, I, mean, I, I think you know, I think you brought no, up a good point. Ahead, I, I was going to say, Ed, Ed, you and I, we did talk about this. You know, oh, that is kind of scary because you and I, you told me the whole backstory, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. 
you know, if you want to talk about it, you can. But, yeah, that is the scary part. What what does he have to come back for? And I think movies, that would be great for him and to come out of it. But, you know, it's kind of like people fight harder for their lives because they think, hey, if I do this, then... I get to go back to this, but what 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 would John go back for? Well, I, I mean, I, I I and the friends out here that he has on the East Coast would would make it worth. We would do everything to make his life worthwhile. But uh, he is worried that you know his uh, John's a hoarder, and over the years it's tragic because uh, it's all in his brother's possession, and his brother Fred is really an evil and stupid. And sociopathic oh, person. Uh, I mean, he's comical in his weirdness, but but Fred has admitted that he fought. John has collected movie posters, uh, uncountable eight by ten photographs of movie stars, a lot of whom were dead. Uh, you know, uh, vintage. He had vintage toys from the forties, fifties, and sixties, and he kept the original packages they came in. He had tons of old comic books, of old superhero, and even old EC horror comics from the fifties, uh, oh, wow. and uh, and that, and he was and that's why that's how his brother sort of kept control over him. He would threaten that if John wasn't cooperative and John didn't give him some of his uh, social security money, that he, that he would uh, throw out his uh, his belongings. And, and when John was able, you know, he was able to fight with his brother. But his brother really took advantage of him once he was wheelchair bound. It really like put fear into his head. You end up in a nursing home, and I'll throw your stuff out. And so, and it probably it's happened already. But I mean, uh, John John often said that if he lost his collectibles, he would he would rather die. And uh, sadly, that was one of our that was one of our last before he collapsed. That was one of our last conversations. I was telling him, let it go, John. Just just fucking let it go. Break free from your brother. Live on your own. Move into a facility. We're not going to abandon. You're not going to be like one of these old people that gets forgotten in the nursing home. I said you'll be like, you'll you'll be like Larry Fine, you know, of the Three Stooges, where he had constant visitors coming. You know, there were always people coming to the nursing home to see Larry, including including Iggy Pop and the Stooges, because they were huge Three Stooges fans, which is how they chose the name. But Iggy Pop and the Asherton brothers used to go and visit uh, Larry Fine all the time. I told John, I said, you'll have that kind of status. You'll be the celebrity in the nursing home. You won't be the, the person who's forgotten in the back and just sits and staring at the wall all day in the wheelchair. I was exactly. trying to give him some hope, but uh, he kept it, you know, he couldn't accept the fact that he was getting older and said, look, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm 62. I'm getting older and my health is failing. I used to, God, I used to be so athletic. I used to run marathons. Now I could barely climb a flight of stairs. Of course, I've been <laughs> handicapped at a. Well, I've been handicapped at a very terrible car accident. What, what's ironic is that what's totally ironic is that where John collapsed, he's in the same hospital on the same floor where I was in ICU when I got smashed up in a car accident in 2015. And, and I and I'm like, this is weird. I, I'm in this hospital. Of course, I I wasn't. I was only there a, a few weeks recovering had to have some surgeries because i i got i broke a lot of bones uh but i mean i i left the hospital but here i was and i went back there to have pins taken out of my wrist and 
And uh, but I mean, I'm like, I can't believe John is on the same, the exact same floor where I was. It's just there's a weird circle to life and such. But I, I hope he'll walk out of that floor. But I, I, I got to admit, the way he looked yesterday, I wasn't feeling very optimistic. Yeah, you're, you're going to send me photos. I was just going to say, Edward, can you, from what you just said, what are your feelings about the outcome of, of the situation for John at this time? What are your personal feelings about it? Uh, personal feelings. Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's been it's like a roller coaster. I mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, m- Monday I thought he was coming back, and I thought, you know, somebody once joked like, uh, you know, John Link is kind of like a human cockroach. You know, if they if they dropped the bomb, the atomic, if they, if they dropped the atomic bomb, he'd be the last one left. Yeah, it's like we all knew John Link would be around forever, this fucking guy. Well, you know what, you know what, what is sad? It was really like the Adams family or the Munsters. When I, when I first became friends with John Link, he, I mean, he was already, I mean, he's already in his fifties and, and his brother was a few years, is a few years younger than him. But they were living with their extremely nasty, dominant mother, all in this house. In, it was like the, it was like seriously, it was like the Munsters' house. This old, this old house up in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. It was a two-family house too. They were, they were renting out half the house to a to a family, like an an Indian family. I don't know how they tolerated living next door to like these weirdos that. That made the monsters of the Adams family look more like you know the Brady Bunch, but it was just, it was these two these two like guys approaching their senior years, uh, who like brothers who really complete rivalry worse than Cain and Abel, uh, and uh, and the mother was like Mrs. Bates from Psycho, and she lived to she died just like two weeks short of her one hundredth birthday. And uh, a nasty, nasty. I mean, she's largely responsible for the Link brothers being weirdos because uh, John's father, you know, John didn't like to go on about tragedy and the suffering he had, but I had to squeeze these things out of him and learn them. He really only wanted to talk about things that were kind of funny or amusing or happy stuff, even though he was from this dark horror movie world. But John's father was uh, seriously injured when he was a kid in an industrial accident on a job in a factory. And, and never recovered, and and really uh, languished, and got worse and worse for like about two years before he died. He was only about fifty-two when he died, and and when John's father when John's father died, apparently uh, that the the mother went nuts, and, and and she became like a obsessive compulsive fanatic, and wouldn't let young John, a child, and his brother have friends or do stuff after school. It was like other children were dangerous and dirty, and they were they were disease-carrying little rodents. Uh, and John and his oh, brother yeah. had to come home, and, and, and she was religiously obsessed. Uh, that's one of the reasons why John was so iconoclastic, shall we say. Uh, but John rebelled, and she hated horror movies and hated comic books. But uh, but John would secretly, John had his hands on a little, which he still had up until the time he lost the house. He secretly had a tiny portable black and white TV 
with a with a rabbit ears that was plugged. He plugged him in the basement, and and he would sneak down into the basement of the house and like watch late night monster movies as a kid on this little black and white TV that his his mother didn't know he had picked up. Somebody left it on a curb with the garbage. They were just getting rid of it and it still worked. And uh, and 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 to get away from his brother. He was still going down into that basement, even up until a few years ago. And had a small VCR attached to the TV. Uh, he he didn't he didn't understand or know how to use uh, uh, DVD players. But uh, but that's that's that those are the origins of John Link and some of the strangeness. But uh, which which is like like once again he's a bizarre character and the whole family is bizarre. I, I describe his brother Fred. People have to understand. John's four ten and he looks like Charles Manson. Uh, and yeah. uh, yet he always tried to style his hair and his mustache after Edgar Allan Poe. That's what he was trying to do, but he doesn't look like Edgar Allan Poe. He looks like Charles Manson. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I but, think, uh, yeah. You know what? I, I, can, I can kind of see the uh, Edgar Allan Poe aspect of of John's demeanor there, uh, what he was trying to do. I, I kind of saw that a little bit. And his brother, his brother, looks like a, a a far more like his brother looks like Doc Brown from the Back to the Future series. Yes, yes, yes. He looks like Doc Brown if Doc Brown caught rabies. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> or, or you know what? Or if Doc Brown was a total asshole. Yes, that, that's a, yeah, that's there a good description. Go. I'd be more like him. He was not his, his brother is not the kindly Christopher Lloyd type. No, not at all. From what we're getting, from the information that we're getting, from what we've always understood for a long time, you know, when when John has been on Francie and Friends, it was always a conflict between his brother Fred. Like this guy was just a fucking asshole and caused all kinds of. You know problems, and I I remember, and we're not going to play those clips, but there are. I, clips. I just I just looked at my switchboard, and I did not know that I had this. I actually have Fred and John conversation yeah, on my switchboard. It, no, it's just Fred and John. I think it's pretty fair that we shouldn't play those clips. Well, I will say right now uh, we're. Yeah, we're having oh. fun. I'm not sure what that is. I, I did not know I even had that on my switchboard. I don't even remember what it was. Well, I will say just a, a basic a basic understanding of, of the rivalry. John, with all of his strangeness and weirdness, you might think he – well, you're being four foot ten. And part of it, look, he suffered a lot as a kid because his mother – we're talking about the 40s and 50s. They knew that he had some kind of condition, or he was going to be very short. Uh, maybe to the—I mean, John was John might technically be a tall midget, you know. I mean, is it, well, that's not even a politically correct term anymore, is it? But but his his mother put him through very painful medical treatments when he was a kid in some attempt to stretch him out and make him taller and more acceptable. And he told me how yeah. agonizing this was like. Uh, Something out of a concentration camp, and this this is where his, you know, his personality got formed. I mean, uh, he had, was uh, suffered under like mad doctors, and and and, his, and and like I said, John though, as 
weird and maybe disabled as he might be in his appearance and such, uh, was wandered, stumbled into working on underground horror movies and even like radio shows, as we know. Uh, but also, uh, he was part of uh, the rock and roll, the punk rock scene in New York. I mean, I, I became his friend, and I was part of the David Peel band, David Peel and the Lower East Side. And uh, and David Peel welcomed John into the band for for about three or four years. John Link was part of David Peel and the Lower East Side, a band which, before John joined, had like three three uh, gold albums. <laughs> I mean, John Le- John wow. Lennon used to produce John Lennon used to produce David Peel's records, and uh, and David Peel, of course, went on to produce G.G. Allen. All of us who remember him. But the jo- John's a horror movie star. He's a bona fide rock and roller, uh, radio star. Uh, bizarre philosopher, uh, a walking encyclopedia in the occult. But Fred, on the other hand, is John has a lot of friends. Everybody, everybody in the CBGB scene knows John, and he was always welcome yep, there. He was, yep, yep. Uh, but, Wait, but Fred, talking, yeah. But, but but Fred is a joyless slugworm of a human. Fred has no friends. He believes that having fun is sinful and decadent. He believes in work. The work he does is it's insane. It's he's like a human ant. He hoards scrap metal. He, he scrapes a scrapper, but then he doesn't doesn't like to turn the scrap in to get. He, so he collects garbage, but he doesn't like to turn it in because once he amasses this quantity of like aluminum or, or like old pieces of steel, uh, like broken bicycles and hot dog wagons and bumpers. He'd rather just pile it up and look at it like he's the golem from Lord of the Rings and rub his hands together and say it's my precious. My, he, he views it as a treasure. But uh, but the, yeah, they had a lot of rivalry because Fred Fred I know Fred very well. Fred bitterly resented the fact that his brother went out and had fun and had a great social life and was you know, let's face it quasi well fam- famous on the underground level. Even even my late friend my, my late friend Lee Black Childers who played a police detective Lee Black Childers Rock and Roll Hall of Fame he was part of Warhol's Factory he loved John and, and Lee often said that's Lee with three E's by the way Lee Black Childers he often said with his uh, Kentucky accent he's like how how I wish how I wish Andy could have met John Link because I'll tell you. Andy would have loved him. Andy would have made him one of his superstars. John would have starred in factory movies if only Andy had met him back when he was making films. And he would have been. John, John would have been. A, and, yeah, Andy Warhol I'm talking about. Andy Warhol, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And yeah, Lee, Lee said Andy like, Warhol would have adored him. I mean, yeah, I can almost picture uh, something like that, though. The um the, the one shot of John where he's got that really wacky grin on his face, uh, superimposed yeah. over all the uh, Campbell soup gowns. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Honestly, yeah, totally, dude. That would have been a Warhol classic. Yeah. <laughs> And I believe, uh, you know, John. I mean, John knew Lee through me, and Lee, Lee has since died. Unfortunately, he died a few years ago. He was elderly, but I, be, I believe John is. I believe John Link is friends 
with Joe D'Alessandro, Warhol's number one superstar. I mean, he, he I mean, he ended up meeting and bonding with numerous members of the family. I mean, of the factory, the factory, not the family. That was the Manson. John actually yeah. <laughs> has no connection to any members of the Manson family, even though he looks like Manson. <laughs> but but he but he is he is he is friends with uh, he is friends with numerous members of Andy Warhol's factory scene. Uh, so he, yeah. Andy Andy if Andy had met him, hadn't died before John hit the scene. I'm sure Andy would have uh, probably been doing like he would have been doing. Uh, Silk screens of John Link's face, I'm sure. <laughs> I think you are correct. But yeah, but you should try to you should try to go to Gumroad and and, and rent uh, the Killer Clown meets the Candyman to see Link John as Manson. And uh, I forget the rental site right now. Uh, there's another you can probably find it just by googling it. You should look up. Uh, you should look up uh, uh, Bigfoot Blood Trap. That was uh, an homage we made to Sam Sherman films. And uh, we we tried to make the sleaziest drive-in movie tribute ever. And, and I played a, a – ironically, I played a I, – I was recovering from my car accident. So I was a wheel – I couldn't walk very well. I was a wheelchair-bound mad scientist. And and, and John was my, my – uh, Diminutive assistant pushing me around in the wheelchair, and his name was his name was Groton. <laughs> but, uh, that's that's a pretty good movie too. But well, I mean, it sounds, sounds like uh, something from a Roger Corman film. Well, well, Sam Sherman. And actually, uh, tomorrow night I'm going to be at a Sam Sherman festival at the Circle Drive-in in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, and the first movie we're showing. Is going to be Dracula versus Frankenstein, which was the last movie ever made by uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and J. Carroll Nash. And uh, J. Carroll Nash was wheelchair bound. He played Dr. Frankenstein, modern day, on the California coast. And uh, Lon Chaney, who had throat cancer and couldn't talk, uh, played his mute assistant, Groton, pushing him around in the wheelchair. So it was a direct homage, and uh, nice. and John John is pretty cool in that movie. Even though, even though to John's chagrin, the director John Arricchio reached a point where he couldn't stand working with John Link, and he fired him before the movie was done being made. John's had a lot of screen time, but he couldn't stand John on the set anymore because he couldn't stand his eccentricities. So he out and out fired him and had him killed off screen by the Bigfoot. And uh, we we had Jay Stoddard, uh, makeup artist. We had her make a dummy head, look just like John Link. But we were like, the, the Bigfoot has torn Groton's head off. <laughs> but, but 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 John was furious because he was supposed to have about five or six more scenes, and, and the director was like, no, I I can't take working with this guy anymore. He's too much. He, he's too much of it. Too much baggage. <laughs> so. Uh, John got fired for that one, but he but he's still in it, and, and he still has a big screen credit too. I I, I told John, I told the director I I said he's not easy to work with, but the stuff that you have yeah. is priceless. <laughs> you know, John, uh, and John, uh, and guys, uh, people, everybody, uh, I've been like uh, throughout the show. Um, uh, I, I know we got the Halloween thing. We've got looky lose. I go out there and I greet them and stuff back and forth 
I've been uh, going back to my media library with um, DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff looking for. I know I have at least five, uh, five, six movies that have John Link in them. I can't find them because there's so many. I found a couple of yours, Ed's. Um, oh, great. But uh, I can't find John's. I, I bought them because he was in them. And I can't find them at all. I wanted to, like, like mention something about that. But yeah, well, for lack your, of finding them, still mentioning something about that. Yeah, yeah I mean, John, uh, you said ones. that he's had over 100 credits. Uh, yeah, and yet so, he, even he lost count. He was he was like uh, he was interviewed recently. We were interviewed together before his stroke, and he and somebody asked him how many movies he did. Yeah, he, like I said, he's always been a little bit daft. And he said, I don't know about twenty or thirty. And I said, John, John, you and I have been in twenty five movies. I said, you've done a lot more than twenty or thirty horror films. I think you're yeah, probably yeah, in the three. You're you got to be in the three digits. Yes. Yeah, yeah, one thing that I wanted to tell him when you had, uh, I think it was last night, uh, um, uh, me talking to him uh, uh, over your cell phone in his ear. Uh, uh, one thing I forgot to like tell him is uh, that um, uh, he, he's uh, a legend with those movies, and he may feel like the last handful of years or so that he's, especially you know the circumstances surrounding. What he's going through right now and all that um, uh, is that he may feel like he doesn't mean anything, and that he's lonely, and that um, uh, you know I, we have to remind him of his life and accomplishments because he's done so many things that even a lot of a lot of wannabe actors have never even dreamed of doing over the years. It's the longevity. Uh, of the whole thing, he's one of the greatest character actors that I have ever seen, um, and uh, it's just—it's—he's an amazing talent and an amazing person, an amazing personality. Can't say amazing enough. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, um, John, if you're listening to this too, got to tell you, you got like more stuff ahead of you if you just. And you still can't. John was listening, and he's tell, he's hearing everybody <laughs> bragging about him. He would just say, <laughs> "He would." He, he hey, there's a lot of times in your show where I would think I'm saying something funny to him, and he would just like uh, go. <laughs> that reminds me of my dad, Francie. Yeah. <laughs> He would always go. Give me an inventory of the movies you have, and I'll try to fill in the gaps if I've got extra copies of some of the others. I know that if you, I, I don't know where, it's free online. Just go to Google and, and put in the movie called Creepy Clowns. Uh, the the Luna the Luna tickler the Luna tick like a, it's about a, the 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 killer one of the killer clowns in the movies tickles people to death so it's the Luna tickler which was the shooting title but the distributor like, decided to call it that that, yep. that is on it is on Vimeo it is on Vimeo and Pete Jack alone elected to have it password free as a free gift 
to showcase uh, you know, what he makes, but also to showcase John Link's talents. If you could find a link to the full movie of Creepy Clowns, The Lunaticler, it's one of John's very best roles as an actor, one of his biggest parts. He's he he actually plays a a if you can believe it, he's four foot ten. He plays a brutal, terrifying street pimp uh, called Diablo, oh, wow. San, Diablo Sanchez, <laughs> and, and and when when his women hold out on him. Uh, it's no quarter and no mercy, and and so it's, it's John as a as a ruthlessly and he's kind of he's really kind of scary as a ruthlessly savage vindictive gangster, and you got to find creepy clowns the lunaticler. It's free. You find the link on Vimeo. There's no charge. You can you can watch it as soon as you find it. I'll find the link and and email it to you later. Uh, but uh, it, it's one of his best performances. We shot that. That was shot when I was when I had my car accident. I'm in a, I'm in the movie. I play a character. I play a character who's alive, and then later I'm a ghost. And ironically, I shot all of my living scenes before my car accident. Then I got smashed up, and the movie was put on hold for the better part of a year. And we resumed filming. And, and, and post accident, like a year's worth of recovery, you know, exercising. I. I actually gained weight and look a bit different, but it's almost appropriate because I come back as a ghost. Uh, so it's that's an interest. But John is a spectacular performance from him in that, and and, and we were very nervous because it's John Link. But uh, Pete Jackalone doesn't like to use phony props, so so John is is really like like slinging around this nine millimeter Glock. always <laughs> like. But make make sure the damn thing is unloaded before you give it to Link. But make absolutely sure there's not a round in the chamber before you get this put this gun in Sean Link's hands. <laughs> you know, we, you, we you know what some... we should do is yeah. uh we should uh, tell John that um uh if he if he gives up uh starting next week we are going to get license to deep fake his image on some of the best uh, uh, scenes in cinematic history where John Link is going to be Luke Skywalker or, or something. <laughs> and we're going to exploit his face everywhere. And if he doesn't want that, then he's got to say that he doesn't want that. That sounds fair enough. I mean, would you have that replace that? I think actually he thinks that uh, that that would be hilarious to deepfake his face on some of the like uh, like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Imagine it's John Link and not Jack Nicholson. Yeah, or on, uh, over Clark Gable, over Clark Gable's face in Gone with the Wind. In <laughs> a romantic, in yeah. a romantic scene with Vivian Leigh. <laughs> or, or Leonardo DiCaprio in the Titanic yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> I can see. I can see. I can see John addressing Scarlett O'Hara. Frankly, my dear, uh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's a great impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It took me a second to get that. It took me a second to get that. I was the hand grenade laughter. Listen, hey, hey, Nick. You're yeah. you're fucking sadistic, dude. You are a sadistic motherfucker right there. 
Uh, yeah, but the, it's, it's quite be... funny. I mean, he is he's a great character actor. He's a great personality. Yeah. He, he deserves yeah. to have his face splashed on some other character in a movie. I bet you, I bet you that he would wake up for something like that if somebody showed it to him. It's like, hey, John, Edward would like, you know, nudge him, go, open your eyes and take a look at this. Check this out. <laughs> he, totally. He, he would be like, oh, I got something to do now. This is like invigorating. I well, what he'd probably say, up. maybe, if he's not in his right state of mind, was, what, was I in Star Wars? <laughs> you, know what is, well, you know what is interesting you, you were mentioning it Nick that you know I mean here he was here's a guy with like no money virtually impoverished and four foot ten and like a, like the, the neighborhood weirdo uh, li- living in like the living in like a, the Michael Myers house at the end of their block yeah, but uh, but yet I mean he ended up starring in all these movies and ended up in a, in a very famous rock and roll band David Peel used to call him the little monster we're now we're bringing the, the little monster up here with us. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, John didn't just act in these low-budget horror films. Somehow he stumbled into the fortune of acting with quite a number of his childhood idols. I mean, he, he got to work with yeah. uh, Conrad Brooks from the and, and, and Dolores Fuller from the, the Ed Wood crew from Plan 9 from Outer Space. He he got to work numerous times with uh, George Stover, oh. who said the, the, the George that's Stover, the a, one actor, the, the one actor who has appeared in every single John Waters movie, a childhood friend of that's, John Waters. He's been in every yes, John Waters yes. movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. Speaking no. of speaking of, remember we used to call him on the show a lot. <laughs> John Conrad like, Brooks. No, no, keep me oh, out Conrad of Brooks, I remember those, though. <laughs> yeah, we no. used to have great problems all the time, and John would say on the show all the time, I had nothing to do with this. Conrad Brooks was a lot like John Link, too. He was a weird little guy that starred in these Ed Wood movies like Plan 9 from Outer Space, and also... Uh, I used to talk to Conrad all the time on the phone, and, and I got to give Conrad credit. I mean, he he was sick and he was terminally ill, and he never made a big deal about it. He always said, "Oh, I'm feeling much better. I'm feeling." I, I learned later from his daughter that he was suffering terribly, but but he always kept his spirits up and tried to keep on going, and and would work on anybody's movie to keep working. But but also, like I said, John always had a. Uh, an attraction to Linnea Quigley, and he ends up making like two or three movies with Linnea Quigley. I mean, how many yeah, of us get to work with our? Yeah. How many of us get to work with our idols? Get to work not just to work in a field we we want to work in. He got to and, kiss and, him. I got to kiss Linnea Quigley. He he made that out uh, for our other friend uh, John, which we will not say his last name. Uh, yeah. He did that. As a, uh, you know, you're going to make fun of me online. Hey, I got the kiss Linnea Quigley. It, it, was more, it was more than a kiss. This movie better get released someday. It's never been released because there was some, there was some tragedies involved with the production. It got it shelved. It's Victor Bonacore's uh, Blood Wings. J- John's got a full-blown love scene with Linnea Quigley. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just, hey. it's just 
Now we're talking. See, there's John. He doesn't brag too much about himself. He just says, I got to kiss Linnea quickly. And he did that to say, what have you done? That's true. Now, uh, so, and no. the other John, the other John, we know we're talking about. The other John is probably never going to get out of federal prison. He'll, he'll, yeah. If he's not, a, if he's not already, he did terrible things to John Lincoln. Tried to hurt him for fun because he was a bully. But uh, but he ended up going to federal prison on like a twenty year sentence for uh, for dealing in crystal meth uh, interstate. So we don't have to worry about him anymore. Now, oh, hey, you know, another thing um, to, um, too about back in the uh, day is, um, well, it's not really back in the day. I've seen a lot of the rhetoric between you and John uh, uh, about politics and stuff. I just want to mention this once because I was thinking of this this afternoon, and I think it's kind of funny. But um, you, you, you're like um, uh, during the, uh, the the Trump era, you you were actually in Time Magazine. You're, your your uh, face was like uh, uh, right there for everybody to see, and John is exactly the opposite, um, and he has opposing views, uh, and and both of you have 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 very very opposing views about politics, and I I was thinking this afternoon about that, and I was going, wouldn't that be great if like John, he's probably going to kill me for this when he wakes up. Um, but uh, that would be funny if John, when he wakes up, um, and his first words were, "Aren't I re- a Republican? I'm a Republican." <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Jeremy Woodworth, Jeremy Woodworth, and I played a joke on John at a Chiller Theater convention a few years, just a few years ago, where. John fell asleep in a, in a soft chair in the lobby of the hotel because those conventions could get very tiring. I mean, you just go all day, but 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 Jeremy said, why don't you put your MAGA hat on him and I'll take a picture. And, and John woke up in the middle of it, and and he was so enraged. I mean, he he was he was like a like a he was like a whole nest of hornets that had been disturbed. I mean, Jeremy had to prove to him that he was destroying the picture, taking it out of his camera. <laughs> I, I was thinking if he's in the hospital. I mean, it would only be if they if he was coming out of his coma. I, I would I might if if I could know that he was going to definitely get well, I'd put a, a maga hat on his head right now in the hospital bed and take it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he would hate that. And it's good to have you. I wanted so badly guys, you were at it for a while. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted so badly to take a picture of him in the hospital, so I could show you where his progress is. But I didn't want to take a picture when he had an intubation tube down his throat. I mean, he, it looks so bad right now. I mean, I was hoping Monday when he was like looking at me, I was hoping maybe they'll take him off of all these tubes, and then I could get a picture of him in the hospital bed, sort of smiling on the mend. But uh, it would be too tragic for me to take a picture like that right now. Yeah, I, I I totally get that, and I mean, Ed, you're you're the guy that's like watching over this thing. You're the guy that's experiencing. Man, dude, I. You're probably the guy that's, you know, letting us all know 
what's going well, it's on. Hard and... to, it's hard for you to visit him when you live so far away, but it, it is, uh, I mean, he's been in the hospital since the 10th. What's today's? It's, it's the 23rd, so he's been there 13 days in a coma. Yeah. And, uh, from what I understand, the, the nurses and doctors have told me I'm the only one who's coming and staying. That he, They said his brother shows up and just asks if he's still alive and what his progress is. And he goes, he walks in the room and just looks at him for a minute and then leaves. So, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, John can use more was, visitors. His brother is an asshole. We all know oh, that. Probably. You you are the guy that's there for him, and you make that trip all the time, and you're the guy that's letting us all know here in Radio Land, you know, of what's going on with John Lee. And dude, that's a, you're in a position oh, to... Oh. One thing that I and I I think uh, yeah, Brett, you make a make up a good point. Uh, when John told me that um, he wanted to redo the show, and I told you, mm-hmm. Brett, also about this, and you were there for that yeah. first show where uh, John could not make it. And you stepped in, yeah. and you and Edward talked. Um, I did tell John, I said, we will do the show on one yeah. condition. Edward will be the guest. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed, and I, I told John Link, I said, there's one person that's going to be by your side always. It's going to be Edward. And John said, yeah, I, yep. <laughs> I know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we, Francie and I talked, and Nick and I talked last night, and we wanted to make this happen. And we made it happen. What we want to do with this thing, with this show, is if John Link is able to understand things, if he's in a position to where he can hear things and you know, perhaps this is the whole reason we did the show we can we can let him know how much he's loved and how much he's appreciated alright, and Edward you're the guy that's like there with him, you're the guy that's, again, like you said, you're the only one visiting him um that's why we're doing this because we just want if if he responds to anything at all in the coma, we can we can like talk to him right now. We can tell him what we feel. We can tell him yeah. you know, how what we feel about him and how much we love him. I mean <laughs> I'm starting to break down, but don't let me do this. That's what we mm-hmm. want to do. That's why we did this thing tonight. I refuse to lose hope. Uh, like I said, it's a, I mean, life gets the older you get, the stranger life gets. But I mean, uh, my uh, and your radio show, by the way, was enormous help ten years ago because I uh, I stayed by Susie Palermo's side until the, the day she died. She was hospitalized for over a year, and uh, and I, I managed to 
finagle my way where they just let me stay in her room and I got a small cot in there. And so I was living in that room and it was kind of depressing, but John would come almost every day and other guests came, but, but I really look forward to the, to the Francie and friends show and to the possum hour and to the John link show to keep going. Like I said, see your, your show means a lot to him and I hope he'll be back on. He, uh, we 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 tried to do it during the summer, and I didn't realize what situation he was in. That's that's what makes me mad at the country and the state of New Jersey in general. Uh, we we have a, a governor here, Murphy, who's a who's a godless communist, and, and we've got some some of the heaviest COVID restrictions in New Jersey of any of the states. And I mean, look, New yeah. York and New Jersey. Have you been to probably California? Like, uh, yeah, I see the world's worse out there, but it's pretty bad in Jersey. But, but J- John, and by the way, John does not have COVID. Uh, when when I when I asked the doctor, well, when I asked the doctors, and he does not, he doesn't believe in vaccinations. His brother did get vaccinated, so his brother's vaccinated. But, uh, but uh, I, I was going to say that when, yeah, when John was when I came to the hospital the first time and I asked what's wrong with him. Uh, the doctor said, "What isn't wrong with him? Because he's got he had double pneumonia, he's got he's septic, he's got bed sores, he's got renal failure. Uh, I could go on and on, uh, and not to mention like deterioration of his spine because he wasn't getting any exercise and left in a wheelchair like almost around the clock. But oh, he was also starved. He was malnourished and dehydrated." No excuse for that. I mean, uh, he, he, None. but, uh, no. uh, but, uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, he, that's what, what's kind of, but what's kind of sad is that his, uh, I, I have a phone call from him that I was busy working on a movie set. I didn't have a chance to pick it up live, but he called me the day before he slept into the coma and got to the hospital and they took, he was taken to the hospital and, and that's where he was admitting to me in the phone call that, that he was scared that his brother was going too far and he was uh, scared of his brother and not being taken care of. But yet Aww. in the phone call, in the phone call, he was still inquiring, is Francie really going to bring my show back? And we get, I, I want my, my blog talk radio show back. Yeah, <laughs> so. and one, one thing that I, that melted me is you, you called me and he couldn't get in touch with me. And, uh, that's because my phone was plugged into the garage. And even though he was in bad health, he told you that he was worried more about me than himself. Yes. And well, that's, well, that, well, that's that, all, yeah, he was very concerned about you and your health issues and your you know, liver problems. Yeah, he was very and worried that, about you. And I, I called him like immediately. I was like, John, no, I'm here. We're just not connecting. But I was mentioning the governor here in COVID before because even though he had, like I mentioned this earlier, even though he had a stroke which left him somewhat disabled, in the aftermath of this stroke, well, first of all, when he had the stroke, the, the, the neglect goes back back years ago because when he when – he, uh, back in 2015, he was having problems with his blood pressure. I warned him he better like look after himself. But he had the stroke in 2018. But his his own brother admitted to me that he was too busy collecting scrap metal that he knew his brother had a stroke. He said, yeah, he couldn't Aww. move his right side very well. He waited three 
fucking days before he took him to the hospital because he was too busy collecting scrap metal. He weighed three, and they say when you have a stroke, you should get treatment immediately. And they told me at the hospital he had a relatively minor stroke, but because he didn't get treatment for three days, and there was further damage occurred in the in the area of his brain that, that enables motor skills, and it left him like far more paralyzed than he should have been. But yet, before COVID, because of his manic determination to get to these conventions. I mean, he needed the wheelchair a lot of the times, but he could walk. I mean, his right arm was pretty paralyzed, so he'd hold it in a sling, and he was able to, like, walk while dragging his right foot. And, and I told him, I said, you're, you're walking like Tyrese the Mummy, like like Juan Chaney Jr. in the old Mummy movies. But, but the thing is, he forced himself to exercise, and friends were still visiting him, and he was still trying to make it to the rock and roll clubs and any free meals or dinners or any horror convention or even make it to the movies to see horror films. But this damn COVID, he's, he is a victim of the COVID-19 virus lockdowns. And a lot of people are such victims. I mean, because everything got locked down in New Jersey and the conventions came oh. to an end, and there were no restaurants open and no movie theaters, and there was no more live music. There's no more rock and roll bars, no more gatherings in the parks of New York, uh, John, and, and you couldn't even visit. I mean, uh, it, it, uh, John was left in isolation to atrophy at the mercy of his brother. Nobody saw this abuse. Nobody saw that he was deteriorating so rapidly. Uh, in, in the middle of the lockdown, uh, I saw him once. Uh, there was a director, Mike Stewart, from Pennsylvania, doing a science fiction film, and he really wanted Link and I as a comedy team in his movie in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, and, and he actually hired a driver to drive from Pennsylvania to Newark, New Jersey, to pick up John and to bring him back to Pennsylvania to do his scenes and then drive him back. It was it was an unbelievable like two-day ordeal for the driver, but... But I saw then the lockdown in, in August of 2020 was uh, March till August. It was about five or six months old, and I saw that John was slipping. Uh, but yet he was still able to walk, but not, but far poorly. He was more wheelchair-bound. But none of us had any idea that he was being completely neglected and, and atrophying and wasting away. And, and it was because of the COVID, because – Nobody was able to visit. Nobody was able to travel. There, there was no excuse to get together. There were no conventions. I mean, no movies being made. It's uh, like I said. This is the other terrible side effect of this virus. There are a lot. I mean, think of think of the abused children who are stuck in the abused households. Think of other senior citizens out there who who really rely on on help and, and visitors and, and no uh, even the nursing home people who who waste away or lonely and forgotten because people can't visit. It's uh, but yet ironic, ironic. When they, I asked them what was wrong with him, they said, what is it? I said, does he have COVID? Oh, no, we tested him for that first thing. He doesn't have COVID. <laughs> so, I mean, look, John, John has everything imaginable wrong with him except for the COVID virus. But yet the COVID virus is responsible for this neglect to it enabled the neglect to happen. It enabled Fred to take total control of his life and to take a good portion of his Social Security money because now Fred is the one cashing the checks and Fred is the one 
keeping as much of the money as he wants and needs for his own personal needs. And, and John's left to sit at home to waste away. And that sucks. Yeah. One thing no. I think that we need to shout out to is call the hospital. Call, uh, notify the New Jersey I told I told them they could give the social workers my name and have the social worker call me. So we'll we'll find out what happened. I've also told them this is ironic too. John was in the hospital over a month ago uh, because uh, well, I mean, he said that his uh, I thought it maybe it was phlebitis. I, he said that his uh, leg was swelling up and it was all swollen and red. His paralyzed leg. Uh, I, I said it sounds like phlebitis. I mean, but uh, yes, he told me. I know he, about he, that. But he, he told me he said the doctors had recommended that he go and that I didn't know what he looked like. He said the doctors had strongly recommended he go into a nursing home, a, a long term care facility that he needed to like get back into shape. And and I was telling him a month ago that's a good thing, John. Uh, I, I think you need some medical attention. Because he never trusted doctors. I said, you got to do this. Go in. And he was, the brother was already putting the notion in his head, you'll never get out. It'll be like you're in prison. And I said, no, you get better. They're going to kick you out. They're not going to keep you there. But uh, I didn't know how, I didn't see him at that time. I didn't know how bad he was. But if he'd gone into the nursing facility then, maybe he wouldn't be in, I'm sure he wouldn't be in the state now. Because the turns out the swelling in his leg was from the renal failure. He instead insisted on leaving because his brother told him to tell him, my brother takes good care of me, and and my my brother will uh, look after me. It's uh, uh, and they released him, and then like within within two weeks later, he's in a coma. Uh, I told him you don't release if this guy gets better, you do not turn him over to his brother again because he'll be sending him to his death sentence. By the way, anybody here of Turner Turner Classic movies? Oh yeah. PCN? I think I think Sunday Sunday at eight o'clock eight p.m. They are showing horror movies because it's October. Uh, at eight p.m. Sunday, they're going to show Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with uh, Betty Davis and John Crawford. And if anybody wants to know what happened to John Link, I realize the story is exactly like Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. You got to picture John Link as John Crawford, and you got to picture his brother as Betty Davis. And that is what happened in that home. Is, is that even hey, Edward, with uh, John Crawford's Edward. mustache, or is the, the beating John straw is the better one? Edward, I got a question for you. As far as, as John Lee's care, I know that you're very close to the process and what's going on, but do you how do I put it? Do you have legal like No, I got I got no I got I got no I got no uh, I've got no legal leg to stand on. I'm just a friend. Uh okay, in yeah. fact uh yeah. in fact that's 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 what I'm wondering really about because if this guy fled his brother Yeah, it's the only family got left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I I lied to get in because when he was first in uh, in the ICU, I mean, he was so critical they were only going to let family in. 
So I lied. I don't look anything like him. I'm six foot one. <laughs> you know, but I lied. To, I lied. To, I, I said that I'm his. I said I'm his cousin from South Jersey, and I live. About, I live about a hundred miles from the hospital. These have been long trips I've made. I've been making for the past thirteen days. I've been up there three times already. It's tough. It's uh, it's only almost a hundred miles away from me. Uh, but uh, Newark, because I live in South Jersey on the shore. But I lied and claimed that I was his cousin. And pro- I said, I'm his cousin and probably his closest friend. He, uh, I'm the closest family he has who, who really cares about him. His, his brother's no good. But so uh, they, they, they think I'm his cousin. But if they find out, ultimately, when whatever happens, they'll realize that I'm not his cousin. <laughs> you know, like that I'm, but I, yeah. and of course, yeah. I've... I've told other people to like J- Jay. Unfortunately, you know Jay Stoddard, uh, who uh, is a wonderful person, has worked with John numerous times, and uh, we went out for a while too. She's a very talented makeup artist, but but I told her I said she, she's going to lie and claim she's John's niece, <laughs> you know, and and she was going to yeah. visit. I want to give her credit. She was going to visit, but she has unfortunately come down with COVID. Uh, I talked to her on the phone today. She sounds terrible. She said that that she's been having the fevers. She can hardly breathe. She's trying to like weather it at home. I said, get your ass to a hospital. I said, if you you sound awful, and if you're telling me you're having trouble breathing, you you shouldn't fuck around with this. You should do something about this. But she said I can't visit John in this condition. They wouldn't let me in. I'm coughing, sneezing. I can hardly breathe. I got a fever. I said, no, they they certainly will not let you in. And and you wouldn't want to do that, but yeah, John. That's uh, the unfortunate thing is, I think he has some distant relatives, but you know, they they would draw their distance between a weird. You know, he's the black sheep of the family for sure, but the the only relative he's close to is is his brother. And like I said, what what is unfortunate is that when mom was alive, there was order in this chaotic, weird, monster-like house, and when when mom died. Uh, Fred went hog wild, and and that's that's the sad thing. Fred went nuts. He was unrestrained. He began hoarding like like a madman, worse than anything you'd seen on hoarders. He he filled the yard with like scrap metal, and, and they lost they lost their house because it was declared a fire trap, and Fred refused adamantly refused to clean it up. So the city took it away from them and then sold it on auction and gave them whatever money was left over minus the fines for all their violations. And Fred thought that was a great deal. We don't really need the house anymore. And now we get all this fucking money, you know? And I said, and so you got this money and you're homeless. You know, it's a, it's yeah, a tragedy. It's, it's a, a weird comic tragedy. It's just a bizarre comic yeah. tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, John Wood complained about that. He's like, we're going to lose the house. And, and recently, because of COVID, they were put into a luxury, because of our liberal state of New Jersey, they were put into a luxury hotel in Newark where they had a suite and uh, and with two separate bedrooms, two separate bathrooms, a, a kitchen, and a big screen TV with like 200 channels, but Fred Fred blew it. Uh, I mean, the same, John told me in panic before he went into his coma, Fred started hoarding scrap metal in the hotel room, and, and he started raiding. People were told in the hotel uh, that, you know, 
to leave their garbage outside of their door in these clear plastic bags. He was caught raiding people's garbage to take their aluminum cans out of it. And uh, actually, uh, some irate woman who was there with her roommate called the cops. That's how. That's why John's alive today, because they said this this crazy man that lives down the hall was raiding our garbage. And, and uh, the cops went to knock on the door, and when they opened it, there was Fred looking like Doc Brown after a bad experiment, and there was John unconscious <laughs> in the wheel. John was unconscious in the wheelchair, and and I was told Fred admitted this. Somebody said, "Oh my God, he's got a dead guy in his place." They thought John was dead the way he looked in the wheelchair. Apparently, he must have looked terrible. And they and they told me at the hospital. That that he was literally uh, hours away from death from pneumonia. The pneumonia was so bad, they really didn't think they were going to save him in the first night. But once again, he bounced back. They said that first. They said the first couple of days, they they, they the nurse told me we didn't think this man was going to make it. The, the doctor said right off the bat he won't make it through the night. Now it's 13 days later. He's having his ups and downs, but like I said, he's still clinging on there. So let's hope for the best. Well, um, you know, for I, I'm staying optimistic no matter what. I'm a, I'm a man of faith, and I'm always a perpetual optimist. But uh, I do want to I do want to share probably one of the funnier points, uh, you know, between John Francie and I. And um, you know, I, I'm, it's one of those memories I'm going to always have, and I'm always going to cherish because we we all know when Francie gets excited about the guests and everything else. And um, it, it, so the long story short, uh, this was just, uh, you know, just after I came into the, uh, into the hot seat, you know, opposite of uh, Tom and, uh, you know, Francie had called me and, uh, you know, obviously we were joking because I was with the time, time zone difference being in Florida, you know, so my phone rang at one thirty in the morning. It's like, Hey, did I wake you? And I'm like, uh, sort of, but that's okay. Is everything all right? But no, I got to tell you some really cool news. You're not going to believe who's coming back to the show, John Link. And I'm like, wait a minute, John Link? Is David Peel band John Link? He's like, no, 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 the actor. And I'm like, yeah, that too, but from David Peel band? I think so, but you know, John Link, I'm like, yeah, John Link, same guy we're talking about. <laughs> awesome. This is going to be cool. I'm going to talk to somebody that I, I, I've got some of his movies. Like, I know, so do I. I'm like, yeah, cool. Can we talk about this more when I can wake up? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens because we have guests from coast to coast, and we do things at certain times, and all of a sudden you find out that, oh, my God, I got to be on at, you know, 2 a.m. or whatever. Good morning. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, honestly, my phone beeped, and it went black. And apparently, I was disconnected from Block Talk Radio. <laughs> oh, what the fuck happened there? Wait. What do we have? Fourteen minutes left. 
I think we're all yeah. still online right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. we're, yeah, we're, still we're going back strong. on, and they did say it appears you're calling into your show that's already in appearance, so welcome back to Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Yay. I can't fake, I can't fake the, hey, I'm back. <laughs> this is a, a two-hour show, right? Yeah, yeah. we're still live, yeah. and. Well, it's one in the morning here. I got to call it quits. I got to somehow make it to work tomorrow. And then I got to make it oh, to the drive in a night. Francie, now uh, I'll, I'll tell my story quickly, uh, another one. But then I wanted to ask you and the others. I mean, the way I met John Link, I was I was seeing him at long before I was acting. When I was an insurance salesman, which made me want to commit suicide, I was and my marriage was falling apart. I was I was going to a lot of horror conventions, and I'd always see this weird little guy that looked like Charles Manson at every <laughs> horror or, or Star Trek or comic book convention. And I'd said hello to him a few times, but this is just kind of bizarre that it was, it was actually when I really got to know him was in 1999. I went to this uh, convention, a chiller theater convention, and I went with a friend of mine who liked to collect underground movies. And he actually said his, his objective was that, and he was actually, even though he was pretty much a square, but yet he was into like bizarre art and he wanted to get like, he said, I want to find the most transgressive independent movies that are out there. The stuff that really seems to push the envelope. And so we, we picked up this movie by Pete Jackalone. When I met Pete called duck where Pete dared to do in 1999, he dared to film a, a sat, a dark satire on the Columbine massacre, the high school massacre shooting. And it was a notorious film. Uh, and then I saw a movie called, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, Newark, New Jersey, a movie called The Ironbound Vampire. Ironbound is a section of Newark, New Jersey, uh, where the, it's like the Puerto Rican, you know, it's, the, uh, it's the Portuguese community in, in Newark. And I thought, this is great, uh, a vampire from the Ironbound section of Newark. Like It's like, like, it's like the Sopranos being Dracula. And, uh, and so we picked that up. But we picked up a number of these movies, and at the Chiller Convention, we saw this weird little guy. And my friend said, look, there's a guy that looks just like Manson. I'm like, yeah, I've seen him before over the years. I've, I've talked to him. You've talked to him? I go, yeah, let's go talk to him. My friend was like, no, he looks like Manson. He's going to, like, pull a knife on us or something. And I said, no, no, I've talked to this guy. He's cool. And and that's when I uh, I went up to him and I I said hey you know I've been seeing you over the years he goes yeah I remember you and and I said you know I, you just seem <laughs> you like doing great, <laughs> but I said you seem, I said I said I said you seem like somebody I need to know and this is before social media I had email I said you got an email address or something. And he gave me his phone number and his email address. So I said, I live up in New Hampshire, but this was down in, I was getting divorced at the time and I, and I was separated from my wife and she was up in New Hampshire and I came back to live with my friend in Jersey and I traded information with John, but then I returned to New Hampshire. We tried to reunite, but then John and I stayed in, but, oh, but the thing, this is the punchline. My friend was like, you just gave that guy your phone number and your email address. I'm like, yeah, so, so I give my post office box, too. But then we went home to my friend's house when the convention was over, 
and he wanted to watch these really weird transgressive movies he picked up. And we were stupefied because John Link was in every one of them. We're like, look, it's a, it's that guy. He's in all these movies. You know? so <laughs> that's, that, that's when I contacted John and we started our communication. Long before I thought I was going to be an actor. I didn't start acting until 2005. And I moved away from New Hampshire in 07 and came back here to the to the New York, New Jersey area. But that's how I met John. He was this guy who was bizarre guy. I discovered he's in every movie we bought. He had some at least some small part in it. But how did you encounter John Lincoln to start producing his radio show? Yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. here's what's amazing to me and I love the fact that John Link uh, JL you're still here and I love the fact that John Link said, I want to interview JL. Yeah. And I, I, are you still there? I'm there. Okay. I, I, I love the fact that he said that. And I think that's great because, he remembers back to Francie and Friends. And it was supposed to be a joke show where and five minutes talking on the phone with John Link. I said, nope, nope, <laughs> love this guy. Not going to make fun of him from that uh, other John. I love this guy. And I told him, I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of this guy. I want to give him a serious interview, and JL, you were there, right there with me, and you gave him a serious interview. And I think that's great. I I love the fact that uh, John Link, you were you were the person that uh, he said he wants to interview. And, Edward, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. I I, I talked yep. to uh, John Link on occasions when we were able to connect, and I told him, I said, if there's one person that's always going to be by your side, it's going to be Edward. And right. he chuckled. He did that. <laughs> I know. She's right. She's right. And believe me, there were times when I really wanted to strangle him for real. <laughs> but that's, that's the beauty of you guys. You know, but I, I always told John Link, you're always going to be the man that's always going to be by your side. And that's what makes me doubly sad. We, we had a great comedy team. People were hiring us as a team. Like, you know, uh, like, you know, all you two, like I said, I was like, it was like a Martin Jeff team, so to speak, you know. And, uh, and of course, then J- uh, you have if you, you, Jeremy Woodworth recently, we started doing things together, making movies together. Jeremy Woodworth, who, dresses up as Pogo the Clown, and we realized we had like a Three Stooges of Horror thing going here, 
and even Jeremy, Jeremy couldn't make it today. We worked on a graveyard shift at a factory, but he's a great actor. But when Jer- like we both acknowledge, it's like you know, it's like the. We're like the, we're losing one of the Stooges. What do we do? You know, he's irreplaceable. It's like losing Curly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the thing is, is I was right, and who's by his side? You are. Yeah, I, I got him. He he came to the hospital when I was all smashed up and in traction. I mean, you know, because I almost got killed in a car accident six years ago. The same hospital and. He came in to see me when I was like arm and leg were in a cast. It was in a horrible situation, and, and he now was there for school. And now your ring finger is healing, hopefully. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's I hope so. Uh, like I said, I damn near chopped my finger off last week. <laughs> it's, like it's like you got sympathy pain, or yeah. No, it was just dumb luck, but I, I hope I don't lose the finger. It's it's that bad. It's like it, it was like nearly severed. They had to like stitch it back on. And you're right there next to John, and I told John yeah. that. And uh, JL, I will tell you, I will tell you, the words from John Link's mouth, given into your ear. He loves you. I wish I could take a picture because they cleaned him up. Uh, it, it's sad. The, the nurses told me, like I said, I hadn't seen him for 14 months. We talked on the phone frequently, but nobody had seen him because nobody was making movies. You know, the, 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 you, in fact, uh, only real guerrilla projects were being made because you, you couldn't rent out a studio with the COVID. You had, and a lot of these movies, like the, the, we would import actors, but they wouldn't want to. They wouldn't want to fly, or they couldn't fly, but. It's terrible what COVID did, but uh, I hadn't seen John for 14 months. They told me at the hospital when they brought him in that he looked like Howard Hughes did at the end. They said he had long, long white hair and a huge white beard, and his fingernails were like coiled. They were like corkscrewed, fingernails and toenails, and he was malnourished. They said he looked like Howard Hughes. And yet, but when I saw him, they'd cleaned him up. And and what's interesting is they they cut his hair kind of short, and and he had he would always dye his hair. He was vain about getting old. But here he right now, if you could see him, I mean, they they, they gave him a respectable haircut. He's got white hair, and even at his age of seventy four, not even a bald spot, full head of hair, you know, with with, <laughs> with, with, his, with his with his lousy diet, lousy nutrition, never taking care of himself. I'm like, damn! I never realized this guy's got like a perfect head of hair. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I remember we had Melanie Roble, who uh, she's not Roble now. Yeah, but I hope she's happy. And uh, <laughs> him and her were talking, and uh, she's talking about hair products, and he's like. I got a couple of gnats in my hair, and she goes, "Oh, just condition it, John. You're gonna be okay." <laughs> that's that's the childlike honesty, like John Leake, He didn't hold and Oh, we're about to be cut off. Um, but I I will tell you from talking with John Link and. Uh, I got to tell you, I've I've been crying this whole show. <laughs> I'm crying. It's tough. 
It's a pity. It I should have told I should have told you to play one of his favorite songs. John is a big fan of believe it or not, Petulia Clark. If you oh, really? if you found a recording, we, we, found a we, recording should have, we should have we, we should have played we should have played downtown. Oh, I love that song. I should have mentioned that to you. That he's like Petunia Clark's biggest fan. Hold on, I I will see what I can do. We're running uh, out of time. Okay, hold on. I, I'm gonna. I I. But let me just say, uh, the last conversations I've had with John Link, Edward, I would tell you, uh, John Link absolutely adores you. And that doesn't doesn't always seem that way. <laughs> I know. That's what's cute about you guys. And uh, I will also tell you, JL, he totally wanted to talk to you. And he loves you also. I wished I'd mentioned Petulia Clark. You could have set that up. I forgot to mention uh, that to you. Seriously, you got down to Oh, wait. Wait. Uh, toxic poop in their body at any given moment. Oh, toxic crazy, right? poop. All that poop just sitting there. Rotting All that poop just sitting there rotting away. Okay, we're going to skip that. Can you hear it? There it is. Yes. And we'll say, we love you, John. When you're alone, the flash is making you low. You can always go.
Everybody, uh, good night. Load it up with your favorite. Uh, What's your number one? Is it a double bacon cheeseburger or mahi-mahi tacos? All the foods you crave from the restaurants you love, all in one place. Tonight I'll be eating with Uber Eats. Order now. See Uber Eats. Okay, that was the next thing. Uh, We got a commercial. That was very interesting. I mean, we got the downtown, we got it, and then the uh, commercial. Uh, I'm pretty much feeling like I want to eat some hamburgers. Uh, All right. I don't know how that happened, but. When Francie was trying to love the song, we had some guy talking about toxic poop. I don't know what the hell that was. I wasn't. I before I skipped the ad, I wanted to hear him say Top, "toxic poop" again. <laughs> I'm thinking about having some burgers downtown. But that's a side of John. That's a side of John. That's a that's a side of John Link. A lot of people don't know. I mean, he he was. In fact, he was a member of. I think he was a member of the Petulia Clark fan club when he was young. <laughs> nice. Yeah, my mom loved that song too. All right, we're go- we're gonna uh, we're uh we're gonna sign off. Um, I wanna I wanna play one more song. This should be the closing song. Um, we still do have Brett. Yep. And we do still have Edward? Yep. Uh, Final words for John Link before we play play the closing song. Uh, Francie, can I I do a plug? Yes. I want to do a a plug for Bald Head Radio. Um, We will be back on the air as a podcast in late November and I just want to put that out there if that's cool to do so. Yep. Totally cool. I think get well John. We'll hold us we'll hold an empty seat for you at the Chiller Theater Convention Halloween weekend. We'll keep a seat there for you just in case by some miracle you show up. And we'll have we'll have a big photo of you there. We'll have a big you will still be at the Chiller Convention we, we we had a space for you, and Pete said he'd make a big poster of you and stick it in the chair. Hey, and would, I, would you be interested in being a guest on Bald Head Radio when we go back yeah, on yes. the air? Yes, I would, absolutely. All right, so we'll get together through Frenzy with that information? Yes, indeed, although I don't have a bald head, actually, but is that necessary? 
You know, it's not necessary. I thought of shaving bald, my bald head. head. Bald head radio is all about being uh, honest and naked and open. I'll be there. Uh, you can count on it. I'll be there. I would love uh, to Nick, have you, sir. Nick, would you would you Nick, like to say Nick? something for John Link? Nick, come on, Nick. I think he was. I think he might be away from the phone. Nick. Nick. I, I hear the phone. No. I forgot where I left it. Oh, there it is. You know, Nick, hey, I'm here. Since, I've hey, known would Nick you since like to say a few closing words for John Link? Uh, well, if he's listened for <laughs> Fedward, uh, uh, manages to to keep all this in his ear for over two hours. Um, I, I have said a lot, uh, very meaningful stuff, but. Uh, Really, uh, John, uh, if you're listening, um, hang in there, wake up, get back to us, talk, and have more shows, more John Link shows. And uh, we all love you. There's, If you feel like you're not cared for, you are. You are. There's a lot more people than you think care care about you. So... You know, you've you got to wake up, you got to get out of this, and you got to come back and talk to us. Say, hey, thank you guys for everything. I love you guys, too. You know. Yeah. I actually put a request in at the hospital. I thought it might wake John up. I requested. I said, I, uh, I want a Catholic priest to come there and give him the last rites. And, and my friend Pete Jackalone said, "What are you doing that for?" John John's an atheist. They said, "Well, I figure he could use the blessings, and, and, and it might I, get him I, so I mad." I believe that's a good idea. It, it, but 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 it might get him so furious that it might he might wake up and start yelling at the priest. Uh, yeah, he might. <laughs> that's a good idea. And then, if he says anything about it, you can say, I woke you up. (laughs) Have a priest perform an exorcism on him. That that, that could could help, too. That could help, too. (laughs) I'm so glad you found particular Yeah, I'll probably wake up and go, what the fuck is going on here? Something like that. <laughs> I'm not possessed. Get out of my room. Oh, hi, Ed. <laughs> yeah. I hope. I hope. I mean, is there still a Francie and Friends show on Sunday nights? I lose track of these things. Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to have Charles uh, Palasco. He is uh, really big on the Titanic and. He is oh. very smart, so wish me oh, luck. I, oh, I, oh, I got I I've done a lot of research on the Titanic. I mean, unfortunately, the next two weekends I'm involved with conventions. You know, it's Halloween season, but I'd like to start calling in once you know Halloween and the election season is over. There's still even out here in Atlantic City a convention they're going to have at the Showboat Hotel, which doesn't have a casino anymore. They're doing it on November. 
November, uh, like two weeks after Halloween, I think the, the 13th and the 14th. And I'm going to go there because Beverly Randolph is there from Return of the Living Dead. And we've become very good friends over the years. We communicate all the time. In fact, she even emailed me and said she truly hopes she'll see me there. Uh, but uh, anyhow, I, I will start to call your show. I hope I can call you with good news. I hope I can call you with I, good I, news. I, I would uh, love to hear good news. And uh, I'm going to try and say this without crying because I'm not, I'm not an emotional, mushy person. Yeah. But, you know, I <laughs> I called a lot of people last night, and I, I even my mom, I told her, I was like, I'm, I hope I don't lose my friend. Well, yeah, John, it, it you're makes my me, friend. It's, it's so unnecessary. That's what, what gets me is like John 74, which is not really old this day and age, but I mean, uh, this this shouldn't have happened. Uh, it's one thing, like I said, my, my fiance Susie caught cancer. What are you going to do? Fate. But I mean, John was uh, it's neg- the fact that it's neglect is really upsetting me a lot. Oh. I, I figure yeah. I got to I got to I got to bring him back because this can't be his exit. He's got to have a no. more cinematic. He's got to have a more cinematic exit. Yeah, and and I hope John hears the show and. I love you. I love you, John. Yeah, we all, and I, yeah, I we all do. say that to John, and then he says, <laughs> all right, Francie, I love you, too. We all love him. And, and like I said, and uh, a totally unique persona. There's been nobody like him before or after. And and some of the, some of the filmmakers who I've convinced to work with him, I've told them, I said, you're never going to find anybody like this. Uh, you've got to use John Link in your movie. Uh, like I said, uh, John Arecchio did with the Bigfoot Blood Trap movie, but he had to fire him before it was over. Pete's used him quite a few times. P- Pete Jackalone used him early in his career, and then he stopped using him, kind of forgot about him, but I convinced Pete to use him again, and we got him to play Manson. You know, which was one of his dreams, and, uh, and yeah. Genevieve Rossi, Genevieve Rossi used him in her movie. He, he did a whole bunch of movies with someone for his stroke. He was in Genevieve Rossi's movie Attack of the Killer Chickens, where he plays a the, the chicken boy, <laughs> and and Ted Mooring gave John 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 usually plays a supporting a major supporting role in movies. But Ted Mooring, who's out in like the Harrisburg area of Pennsylvania, is the one filmmaker, and he's worked with John a lot. And, and he was crying on the phone when I called him. He was, I called him from the hospital, and let him talk to John. But Ted Mooring gave John his one and only lead top billing role. He did a sequel to Bella Lugosi's film Devil Bat, called it Revenge of the Devil Bat. And John Link was playing Dr. Carruthers. That was Lugosi's character. He was playing Lugosi's grandson, Dr. Carruthers' grandson, trying to carry on his grandfather's like uh, evil experiments to to uh, to breed giant killer bats that will, you know, attack people on command. And so uh, John has to, it, it just got released on DVD, Alpha Video, if you could find it. Revenge of the Devil about it's the one and I'm in it in a in an admirable supporting role as a befuddled deputy with all of these people being found dead with their throats torn out. 
but uh, and we had a beautiful giant bat, a robotic bat. But John has the lead role in Revenge of the Devil Bat, and he's the chicken boy in Attack of the Killer Chickens, and he's Manson in, in uh, The Killer Clown Meets the Candy Man, and and uh, we played uh, a comedy team of of two dead resurrected soldiers in in Mr. Blue Shirt, which should be coming out, but. There's got to be more. There's, there's got to be more movies. He, uh, the, his career was really rolling. More radio shows, too. Here's the thing. For us, for us here on Francie and Friends, John Link has been a staple for many, many years. And his appearances on this show will never be forgotten. Uh, I just want to say, and I just want to say, we will miss him. Wow. Nothing's not gone yet. Yes, Sarah. He's no, not, gone, not yet. gone yet. No, we're hanging on. And that's what the show's about. We're hanging on. But but as, but as Clint Eastwood said in, in Unforgiven, we all got it coming, you know, and deserves it. Yeah. nothing to do. Yeah, very true. All right. Uh, they're going to cut us off. There's one other song I really want to play for John Link. It is Iris by the Guru Dogs. Oh, that's, I like that song. <laughs> John may not be familiar with it, but he will. He would like it if he could hear it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's a great song. Let's close it out with that.
Good night, everyone. I love you, John. Good night. Good night, Johnny. Love you. Good night. We all love you, John Link. Wake up, John Link. Agreed. I'm going to sign off. i got to be at work tomorrow. But I'll yeah. let him listen to the show. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's late there. Okay, good night, everybody. Good night. No, good How morning, John Link. Wake up, John Link. Jesus loves you, John, although you might not realize that. That's what I, that's what I said. Okay, I love you, John. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.